Hello and welcome to Comic Book Junto, episode 120. I'm your host, Octavius A. Newman. I'm a geek culture philosopher, and I'm here with my co-host, Adam Jolly Old Tetris. That's right. Jolly Old Tetris is the holiday season. Oh, yeah. And we are the reason... While you are tuning in right now, listening to uh, whatever podcast aggregator you use, I use Overcast. What do you use? I use the regular old Apple Podcast. What? Drum. Do you really? Yeah. No. What? What? Is there an issue here? It's just stale. You know, it doesn't have what the do you, features. What you want? What do you? What Can you, you skip fifteen seconds ahead? Yeah. All right. Never mind. It's better than I thought. Am I missing something? <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> I've been using yeah, that drill since day one. Yeah, I paid twenty bucks to this for day. Probably. Huh? Uh, I, I think I paid like $20 for Overcast. I ain't paid Never nothing. regretted it a second in my life. I got Overcast. I ain't paid nothing for it. What? <laughs> what are you talking? I swear. What? I thought, <laughs> what are you talking about? I thought I paid money for mine. Did I? Was Is it free? Maybe it's just probably a free version. This is not what the, is this? This, is not the show. this is not the show. Tell this is, me. This is Comic Book Junto. You didn't pay money for this. And we are back. It's been like a month? Uh, it's shorter than a month. Just shy. Yeah? Just shy. Long enough for us to get our geek on. There's a lot of things for us to talk about. So many things. Movies out, TV shows out. Every movie known known to (laughs) human. Comics, Dawn of X. Pretty much, I haven't read a comic book that doesn't have X in it in a long time. That's like the thing right now. That's like what what, if you're gonna read comics. That's right. But we but we're here together to discuss uh, uh, everything that we've missed, all of it. Pretty much the whole thing comprehensively, and we're we're hurtling ever closer to the end of the decade. Mm. So eventually, we're going to have to come back here and talk about a few of our favorite things from 2019 and beyond. Looking forward to it. Yeah, same, 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 same. How you been? I'm good, man. Yeah. Overall, mm-hmm. you know, maintaining. What have you been up to during our time away? Family. Yes. Turkey days. Love it. All types of food, uh-huh. leftovers got to be thrown out because you're playing with your life at this uh, of point. Of course, if they still in your listen, internet. Let me let you know something right now. If it's still if it's still in your refrigerator, you're playing with your life. That's true. Okay, it's true. You ain't supposed to have it this long. No, if you didn't eat it, it's about to grow arms and legs and teeth and eat you. That's right. That's okay? right. Yeah, it's been too long. It's got to go. You needed to have eaten that or given it away. Uh, if if I come over to your house mm-hmm. and you offer me some turkey, what? <laughs> That's my reaction. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah, what do you mean you have turkey still? No. No, absolutely not. Yeah, it's eating everything in your refrigerator. It's turned into Slimer at this point. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, uh, two episodes of the new series, The Movies That Made Us. Fantastic Speaking series. Of Slimer. I watched the Ghostbusters episode. Yep. That was a lot of fun. Learned a lot about Ghostbusters, the production of Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. and uh, was laughing because I did not know that Slimer was intended or they requested that he resemble John Belushi. Didn't know that either. And, uh, uh, you know, our guy who made Slimer and the rest yeah. of the effects, he was like, yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. And did not do that at all. Looks just like Belushi. You <laughs> killed it. He's like, yeah. It's like, I'm, yeah, man, I totally made him look like Belushi. It just made me think, you know, after I pass, I hope people will remember me in unconventional as ways. As a green, not as slimy a, ghost. As a green, everything? like, little, you know, poop emoji uh, not as Slimer, no. You don't. You want to be when they reboot Slimer. You want them to make it look like you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this yeah. Is what you want after they do the sequel to the all female me. reboot of <laughs> Ghostbusters, and then they do a new one where it's an all android reboot. No real wow. humans in this all production. All droid reboot. That's right. I want the Stay Puffed Man to be modeled 
vaguely after Adam Jolly Tetris. Wow. That's what I want. I was just thinking, you know, I would hope that friends of mine would would memorialize me in unconventional ways. Because mm-hmm. I like to think that I left an unconventional mark on this earth. Unconventional and indelible. But, uh, you know, I wouldn't want just, you know, don't just put it in the newspaper and leave it at that. Make it weird. Like, wow. you know, put put clips of this show in an in anime, <laughs> you know? That would be... Can you imagine... Evangelion 6 featuring uh, Adam in Unit 4? That'd wow. be great. Wow. Wouldn't you want that? L- I could live forever. Uh, I don't know if I want to live forever in the... In Evan? Evangelion yeah, world. Either. That would be... That seems like... What you don't like, let me go. Okay. <laughs> Whatever y'all got going over there, keep keep that away from me. I don't want no parts of that. Don't keep me alive in one of these things. Yeah. You know? Uh-huh. Talking about getting the robot and I'm just eternally getting the robot and I can't uh-huh. ever rest. Uh-huh. Look, I, if I die and you do not resurrect me for Coachella, I'll be oh, upset. Wow. I'll be a upset. Silly podcast festival. <laughs> resurrected version <laughs> of Adam Tedderus. He's just sitting there just one like night only. Adam is back. Imagine it. Your name and lights. Uh-huh. It's a hologram. One night only. Hell yeah. Adam Jolly Old St. Tetris. Hell yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> That's what I want. Well, there's a lot of things that went on mm-hmm. since we've spoken last. Let's just go down the list and just talk about our favorite things. Yeah. You you have made a list. So I'll just be riffing. I don't know what you're going to come up with. I don't know what you're going to say. So Let's just, just get respond. right to what we know everybody's doing. Yes. Mandem. Yes. And... Watchmen. Of course. Those are like top of the list. Those are the two items yes. at the top of the list. There's Absolutely. many other, or do you want to, uh, no, because we want to talk about Superman towards the end. Have to. So let's just talk about Mandalorian or Watchmen. Which one do you want to go with first? Uh, let's start light, Mandalorian. Mandalorian has been a surprisingly mm-hmm. fantastic TV experience. It has been. Oh, you know what? Can you call it TV? Because it's not TV. It's not television. What do you mean? I mean, it's streaming, right? Is it TV? Is The Irishman a movie? Uh, sure. Yeah. So, All right. is it cinema, Mr. Well, Scorsese? Hey, listen. Use more effects to Endgame in that. We got to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, we're gonna have I mean? to discuss. That's because that's basically just represented, you know, mm-hmm. Irishmen. It's a lot of cars blowing up. Mm-hmm. That is. That is. That's absolutely right. Cars and like laundromats and yeah. and, and, and and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, Mandalorian has been cool. I've I've appreciated it. It's different. Honestly, it's different from what I expected it to be. Mm-hmm. Kind of you weird. Expected it to be a Western samurai. No idea what I expected. Did not expect it to be sort the of professional like professional lone wolf. If, and if cub. I use the phrase, uh, yeah, it is kind of like the professional, and it's definitely like lone wolf and cub. Mm-hmm. If I use the phrase monster of the week, do you know what that means? That's exactly what this is. Yeah, it is. This is a like a this week we're going to go to this planet. I'm cool gonna, with that. We're going to have a situation, uh-huh. and we're going to get back in the ship. Yeah, and we're going. Uh, what is it called the razor crest i think that's right yeah first of all i actually like that aspect of it because i was afraid that they were just gonna yeah when i say they i mean disney <laughs> star wars lucas arts whatever day. day the big day uh i was afraid that they you were know. just going to model it immediately after game of thrones that was sort of the vibe that it was getting on the onset and i, I don't want that i don't want an hour long episode of this epic thing i i like the aspect of it. it's like we get in this planet we help these people we go right. on an adventure and then right. we're back and there's a through line that connects everything but uh i've enjoyed it and i want to just offer specific praise okay for uh Little baby yoda bringing gina carano back into the mix i love yeah. gina carano yeah. 
And I always wanted Gina to be like a big action star. Mm-hmm. She tried. Hadn't really happened. That one joint that I, what was it? Haywire? Was, uh, Haywire. That That's right. was not good. I've seen worse. It was, it was, here's the thing about Haywire. It was not, not, not interesting. Good. It was not interesting. And it could have been. Like, it should have been more balls to the wall. Or just ditch it. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, Gina Carano, shout out to you. It's good to see you uh, helping out Mando. Yeah. Mandem. Mandem. Um, that show's been really cool. And Baby Yoda, they're just printing money. Listen, it's it's actually who knew unfair that ain't right. Yoda Smalls yeah. <laughs> was going to be the hit of the year to just take uh, us into yeah. the new 2020. And you know they don't have any merchandise, or at least they didn't for well, a little while. You know, they're advertising. They're getting ready yeah. for Christmas. They didn't. They didn't have any merchandise for a long time. Here's because- a T-shirt with the with the. With the artwork on well, it. Well, they, they didn't want to give away the secret. Of and course. if they make toys and statues and action right. figures, that stuff comes out in trade publications years yes. ahead of the program. Yes. So they, they didn't want to spill the beans. Shout out right. to you. Appreciate that. Because that reveal is great. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine said this to me, and this is definitely true. No matter what, if your spouse, your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, whomever, if they're not into Star Wars, the last couple minutes of the first episode, they're in. They're done. As soon as Baby Yoda pops up, mm-hmm. yep, they're Star Wars fans now. It's like, it's to seal the deal. I can say that Mandalorian, a.k.a. Mando, a.k.a. Mandem. That's right. Is probably... Mando! Mando. Carl Weathers killing it out here. <laughs> <laughs> they're all looking at you, Mando, because they're jealous, but not me. That's right. Uh, I don't know if he wants to hang it on his wall or eat it. I love him. Like, I love you, Carl Weathers. You're doing great. You look yeah. great. You're doing great. A friend of mine said, man, why is Lando Calrissian look so old? And I was like, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Wait a minute. No. Wait a minute. Oh. Lando Calrissian. Like, son. We're not all the That's same. Carl Weathers. That is Apollo Creed. You're confusing is- with Billy D. Williams. Oh, Cole 45 every time. No. Uh, it was unfortunate. He had some uh, pie on his face when I How pointed out. How do you respond out. to that? I sent him an IMDB. I said, You're like, let that resolve this for you. you. And then I want you to take some, uh, uh, um, you know, like uh, racial understanding courses. He ain't never seen Action Jackson? No. Have you no ever way. seen Action Jackson? Yes. Yes. I used to have a... Uh, you remember G.I. G. Joe? Yes. All right. So G.I. Joe had these fake uh, fakies, these like rip-offs that mm. you could get at Walmart. Toys that made us. Yeah. And they told uh, us all about The them. fakes, they were called Core. C-O-R-P-S. Mm-hmm. And I used to buy Core all the time. When I was a youngling, yeah. I called that Corpse 100%. Oh, same, same, same. Corpse. <laughs> I had the same issue. also had uh, the antagonist from Earthworm Jim, who was a crow in a space suit. Mm-hmm. His name is Cy Crow. You know I called him Piss Crow, though. <laughs> You know, <laughs> and I asked my mom, "Can I get piss crow?" <laughs> mom was like, "What? what? You, no, you may not. Well, you can't have not nothing be purchasing this piss for you. crow." And his suit was yellow, so it just kind of worked. <laughs> piss crow. Wow. So I used to buy these corpse, and uh-huh. uh, I had uh, I had one who was an all blue tactical outfit, headband, mm-hmm. kind of like a fro popping out the headband. Yeah, uh, black soldier. No idea what his name was because I didn't keep the back of the box. So I used to call him Action Jackson because of the movie. Action yeah. Jackson. Or, you know, Combat Carl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or Combat Carl. Carl Weathers is doing great. He's doing great. 
He's hanging out in sleazy places. Yes. I can't remember what his character's name is, but it's some Star Wars uh, ass sounding name. I, I, you know how something just in your mind, yeah. and it's almost like before you can get it, it's like, it's like see you later. It's like Greaves Kara or something uh, like that. I, not, grief. Uh, grief. Grief Kara? Something like that. Yeah. Very, very much along those lines. My guy's name is Watto. You know, uh, he's a... He's Who's Watto? He's a junker. He's got this little kid named Anakin oh. hanging out. Annie. That one. That terrible stereotype. Come on. Annie. Is that you? Episode it one. It is you. Episode Annie. one was totally out of pocket with some of that shit. Listen, we're going to go ahead and get... Do, that, do I need to do my episode Star Wars recap? Octave, look. Everything. Tell the people what's internet, going on. Internet, if you don't know... Let them know what's going if on. If you don't know, Octavius has fallen deep into a, into a wormhole that has taken him a long, long time ago, far away from here. And he is, he's in Star Wars. He's in Cloud City. I'm up there. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and I appreciate it. I do appreciate it. But it means, again, once again. Yeah. Often, daily. Yeah. yeah. Text messages with hot takes. Letting y'all know what updates, it is. Updates, uh, observations from movies that stopped coming out in 2005. Hey man, that's listen, what's happening. It's not my fault. It's nobody's fault. Okay, I'm just letting you know where I'm at. I appreciate that. Okay, I do. And I gotta say, you were the chosen one. Yeah. Uh huh. I gotta say, Rogue One makes oh. a new hope. Oh my God. Makes sense. No. No, I will go to my grave. I have spoken. I will be memorialized as a hologram <laughs> at a podcast festival before I have spoken. I admit this. No. Rogue One makes a new hope make sense. Finish the sentence. For me, Octavius A. Newman. I have spoken. No one, <laughs> no one, no one from from hey. what you what year did uh the the first movie come out? 78? 77? I don't know. From from the release of the first Only movie. Look it up and know. 77. To the date in, w- in which Rogue One came out. No mm-hmm. one ever said, you know, I love Star Wars, but it doesn't make sense. What? No one. No one. Let's including Darth Vader. Let's be honest. <laughs> our, Let's. New, our new sound is because <laughs> I watched The New Hope. Yeah. And that was hilarious. <laughs> it really is. What? Yo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's James Earl. Oh, man. Servant. Listen, let me just let you know something that I stumbled across randomly as I was preparing for today's episode. If you guys, I don't know if you're going to laugh the way way I did. Not possible. Did, but <laughs> I stumbled across Star Wars Hard of Hearing Vader. Uh-huh. It is hilarious. <laughs> it is, you know, I'm just going to give, listen, I'm just going to give y'all a quick a quick taste. No, nah, I'm not going to do it. They don't care. They yeah, don't care. I mean, we'll, we'll have to link it, like uh, yeah, put I, it in the description. Yeah. Hit, hit me up, I'll send you a link of it. But anyway, yeah. just just look it up. Yeah. It's so funny. It is. It's taking the movie Star Wars A New Hope mm-hmm. and they've got Vader in the scenes and he just can't hear. Have you ever seen the video uh, in which people come in to talk to, <laughs> they come in to talk to Vader and his shell opens up and every time they try to talk to him, his shell closes again. No. <laughs> like he's not paying attention to him. That. You know that like big black egg yeah, yeah, that yeah. he sits inside of? Yeah. They're like, uh, come out of Vader. They, it, and it, the door starts closing again, and they stop. And then they wait, and it opens up. These are all uh, things. Uh, come out of Vader. And, and the door closes again. Man, people have been having fun with Star Wars for a long time. I just want to say, when you first start watching A New Hope, 
<laughs> when you like you they just drop you in. Yes. You just things are just going on. Yeah. What is a Death Star? Mm-hmm. Who are the rebels? Mm-hmm. Rebelling against what? The, all of that stuff that I know the answer to now because I just watched Rogue One. Mm-hmm. I'm like, no. yeah, I know exactly. I know exactly what they're talking about. Word to word to word, bit by bit by bit. Imagine they're like when the dudes like, you know, oh, this old religion and so and so and so. I don't know what you're talking about Literally. unless I know through pop culture. That's what I've recognized. Uh-huh. I know Star Wars through pop culture. Understood. More than I know Star Wars from them actually storytelling. Totally. It, I, I, I'll take that further. I would argue most people know Star Wars through pop culture more than they know Star Wars from the movies. Exactly. Especially the originals. Because yes. I would say part of the reason why I fell in love with Star Wars as a child is because I had the action figures. I'll go to my pop-pop's house, mm-hmm. and he had the Kenner toys, mm-hmm. these little Johns. I had the Jawas, and I had Luke, and uh, uh, some of the like weirder aliens in the in the uh, right. uh, Mos Eisley. Right. And I had those toys likely long before I ever saw the movie, before I was old enough to see the movie, to sit through it patiently, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, I now understand that a lot of my love for Star Wars was from all of this space that I filled in with my imagination, mm-hmm. right? And that was why, like, you know, the first time I read a book that mentioned any other Jedi, it was mind-blowing because uh-huh. they're they're not in the movies. And so it was just fun to discover the rest of the universe. And that is not the case now. So how can you take issue uh-huh. with the statement that I am making? Uh What's wrong? Let me just ask you this. What's wrong with that being the case? It, you're wrong. How? It, it, what's you, wrong with say, that being the case? They drop you into the movie yes. and they say Death Star. What's the Death Star? Did you know what the Death Star was before? Wait, but wait for the movie to show you. I they show you the Death Star. I understand. But what I'm saying is I know this stuff uh-huh. because I've seen the movies. Not because of Rogue One. They no, don't no, 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 explain no. the Death Star in Rogue One. They show you the that, whole John. thing is about the Death Star. Yeah, right. The Death Star, like they break the whole thing down. What I'm saying they is, they totally explain everything they, they, leading up to this movie. They employ the same storytelling tactics in uh, uh, Watchmen right now on HBO. They they're drop not you in the world, but they're not revealing it the same way. Watchmen. Since we're going, I mean, we're, we're going to get there. Definitely. But the thing about Watchmen is they are revealing and revealing and answering and answering and clarifying and clarifying and clarifying. Uh-huh. So while you're confused about, is that an elephant? Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I'm still confused. I have, I have, a, I have a thought on that. Oh. You know, but even still you're like, okay, but I understand it enough mm-hmm. and I trust you. To continue because you have faithfully been giving me enough information uh-huh. to follow. Uh-huh. With Star Wars, with A New Hope, you're just like, what's a womp rat? Uh-huh. What is? What are you talking about? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, what what plans are you got? What do y'all talk like? What's going on? What is all of this? But they reveal those things throughout the course of the movie. So when they Movies. say, I, but now, remember it, my statement from back episode. I'm one. I'm saying in the first one, in the very first one, Junto episode one. I've made this, this statement. That's true. We we have returned. A New Hope is not a good movie. It's, oh my god! And the reason why I say it's yes, not a it good is. movie, a good movie. But I also said that the whole series is good uh-huh. because. 
at the end of the series, you go, oh, that's what's going on. Yeah. It's the finality. It's the conclusion. It's the culmination uh-huh. that makes it good. But that movie's not good because uh-huh. the movie doesn't explain anything. It's just stuff just going on. And then you're in a ship. And then you're flying around and you're shooting stuff. Uh-huh. And it like... Which is visually cool, but as far as like what's actually going on right now, mm-hmm. how, why is, who's the guy in the black thing? Why is but he that's talking the thing. like it's, it's use, I, th- I say it uses visual language to show you what things are long before they explain anything with exposition. Uh-huh. So when you see the dude in all black, right, wrong, and different. <laughs> You know that not it, a good is, guy. it is being indicated that he is not a good guy. This right. is this is the bad guy, right? Yeah. Now, so like this is why some of these reveals were, were so heavy when they reveal who that actually is yeah. under the helmet and all that stuff. Yeah. But you know they're using this language for for uh, storytelling for for movie making yeah. to let you know what these things are. So as soon as they they talk about the Death Star. And and if the question is, well, what the hell is a Death Star? Well, I just sound it out. It sounds bad, doesn't it? Yes. So it's bad. That's all. Literally, that's it. That's all you need. It's you bad. will tell me where the rebel. You are a rebel, so and so, and you will let me know. You will tell me where this is. Right. And as you're watching that, I now know. Ex- I know exactly what that means uh-huh. because I just watched Rogue One, which is the only <laughs> point I'm making. Which is the only point I'm making. The only point I'm making is. And I might as well st- make my statement. Uh-huh. Now that I've seen it in this context, I'm like, oh man, I actually enjoyed A New Hope. Mm-hmm. I actually enjoyed it because it was a sequel to Rogue One mm-hmm. based off of the storytelling. Mm-hmm. Like Rogue One is like Rogue One was the first movie uh-huh. and A New Hope was the second movie. And then when and, and in watching it like that, uh-huh. I'm like, I am having a I am having a completely different experience. Right. Because I know what you guys are talking about in this boardroom. Right. Don't, you know, like, careful not to choke on your ambition mm-hmm. and then your lack of faith. That line is so corny. Oh, my God. I get God. it. But your, the, your lack of faith uh, disturbs me. Yeah. Like, the, I understand what he's talking about. I know who this guy is Which it's and just why so, he's doing this. It's just so funny because when I got into Star Wars, you know, it, when when anyone got into Star Wars, if they got into it as it was uh-huh. coming out before, before the Phantom Menace or any right. of this stuff, right? They were getting into it because it was, it was channeling some concept, some fantasy that was just cool. I just want to live in this area, right. in this idea, right. right? And then that meant you had to glom onto whatever was there. Yes. Like, why is everybody like Boba Fett? No reason other than he looks cool. Yeah. That's Especially it. now that I've gotten to Mandalorian, uh-huh. I'm actually going like, what? what's the deal with Boba Fett? He just, why at the is, time, why is he it? just Mandalorian, looked cool. Uh, uh, next to Chirrut Chirrut Imwe, Chirrut Imwe might be my favorite character. Oh, he's awesome. In the whole Star Wars thing. Yeah. Like, coolest non-lightsaber force wielding yeah. force force powered I don't know how to say it sure person in the whole thing so yeah. far to me yeah and I'm just like I need more of him like, yeah I am so I would love to to how did he even get there you yeah. know what I mean right was he born blind did he you know what I'm saying I yeah. would love to know all about that but that's what I love about Star Wars seeing you, you find your character and yeah you just, oh, I just want to know more and even just the whole idea of, of like just faith uh-huh. Just faith in the force. 
I am I am with the force and the fourth is with me. I am one with the force. Like just like this guy literally walking in faith yeah. in belief of this thing, especially with all these people around him uh-huh. who don't believe him. And then Baze Malbus, Baze uh-huh. being like, man, whatever. Like a dude who's lost his faith, mm-hmm. but in him living his life and the way he's living it, living and walking in faith, not just talking about it, but walking and dying for what he believes in. Yeah. Baze at the end is like, Yo, man, like I'm a I'm a follow in like there's a re- what the reason for the hope that lies within him, that whole concept of that character that I mean honestly you know because I've seen all these movies like I said uh-huh. but watching them again like like that that character touched me yeah you know what I'm saying yeah Boba Fett yeah you know you know what I mean but like it, when so you that's go the thing that, it's like what's Boba but that's Fett? the thing that's why I'm saying like the the stakes were different the context was different because none of this stuff existed yeah until. Here it is, Star Wars. Like, what? It wasn't even called A New Hope because there were not a second or a third. Yeah. And so at this point in time... uh, uh, George Lucas was... A New Hope was risky. Oh, yeah. It was risky as hell. It was risky because nobody nobody knew what the heck that was. No, 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 no. no. Why would they? It was was crazy. What they were making was insane. And the level of detail and how badly it was going on the set and... I mean, it was just awful. The conditions they were going through to film scenes in Tatooine in the desert... People are dying out here, and they're all like, yep, for this guy's vision. Who are you even? Yeah. <laughs> like, Word on the what street, is George had people rolling around in the sand yeah. because he wanted to look dingy and yeah. dusty. Which I love. And like, like yeah, that's the thing. That is, up. I need you to roll around that, like, in the, the sand. The way that he would make these movies, the fantasy that he would ve- invest people in, it wasn't about getting explanations. It was about a feeling. And it was about seeing what it looks like. And it, it's just conveyed. This feeling is conveyed quickly. As soon as you go to Moss Eisley, as soon as you see Greedo and Han Solo in this bar, you know, just the way that it looks. It's a it's a den of scum and villainy. How do you feel about McClunky? Love it. <laughs> I don't I don't know McClunky. <laughs> do you know but, hey, I, you haven't watched it since it's been on Disney Plus. What Mando? Yeah, no, uh, A New Hope. Oh, the whole situation where Han shot first, so and so and so. Yeah, there's this scene in there where what's the boy's name? Greedo. That's, Greedo says McClunky. <laughs> oh, it, that's his language. Yeah, but apparently is that, that a name or is that Rodanian? I don't know. Yeah. Apparently, this is some new thing that wasn't there before. <sighs> And now they added it. George some, is like, I'm going to have him say McClunky. Can I say, I listened to a podcast not that long ago where, where someone said- Han it shot was, this book. Can we just clarify that? What's that? Han shot the dude. 100%. Straight up. 100%. That's his personality. It's Why another thing he? that I loved about Rogue One. They, I think they pay homage to that in the beginning where mm-hmm. you have uh, uh, our guy, uh, uh, what's his name? The, uh, the Rebel. And he blasts him. Yeah. You know? Guy. It was just like that scene where you're like, yes, uh-huh. Same thing with uh, uh, Solo. You know, they they pay mm-hmm. they pay that. Yeah. They, they they look at that and pay tribute to that. I love that. I so think of that's course great. he carried that with him. So I was listening to a podcast about uh, Godzilla. Specifically, it was about Shin Godzilla, the episode. Mm. And one of the uh, the people on the show, uh, I'll find the name of the podcast in a moment. But one of the people on the show, on the yeah, it was good. It's a really good show. Uh, uh, one of them, Heather Ann Campbell. She's really funny. She's uh, a comedian. She's got another show called How Did This Get Played about really shitty video games. She says, "I think it should be a crime to not have like the original Star Wars be available for consumption. Mm-hmm. It's art." 
You can't just like go and vandalize the Mona Lisa. But the guy who made the Mona Lisa is the one who's vandalizing it. I know. So and it's it's, it feels like a very Kanye, religion. like Life of Pablo situation. Yeah. But, but I think to some degree, because of the influence or the artistic influence that this film and series has had, mm-hmm. that these versions should be legally required to be preserved. Legally? Somehow. Yes. Because it's art. We have we have the Library of Congress for artwork Did for these documents. Compare? Tell me that it is not a phenom. Tell me that it is not an extraordinarily influential force that has inspired artists. Certainly. That has inspired creators. Can't that take that away. Can't take that great, away. Great, great many Absolutely. things. Star Wars, the whole concept of Star Wars. Yeah. As I, I can say that I'm really becoming a fan of Star Wars. Yeah. You know, like I wasn't a Star Wars that. fan before. Uh, and as I've said before, because I didn't get it. Like, I've seen it, but I didn't understand it. Right. I didn't have a, an opinion on it because I didn't I didn't get it. Oh, yeah. You know? I understand. <clears throat> and now, I mean, The Mandalorian is one of my favorite characters now as well. Yeah. You know, I love cool. this character. I love this guy. Mm-hmm. And I love seeing... Do you know what the story circle is? Did I talk about that before? No. I think... Well, so I think the story circle is eight steps. It's um, one, comfort... Two, you want something. Mm. Um, three, so wait, so it's comfort, you want something. Um, you have to, anyway, I don't remember. Internet, he is counting on his fingers. Yeah, one, I don't. One, comfort, anyway. Two, <laughs> no, one comfort. One, no, one. This is the way. Is one first? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think they do a great job of completing a whole story. Yeah. And I, at the end, the character has changed. Oh, okay, yeah. and after after every episode of Mandalorian, you see Man- Mando is changing a little. Uh-huh. Bit. Sometimes it's bit. just his armor, changing and other times bit. it's his sentiment. Well, I think yeah. he his he he as a person is different. Yeah, at the end of every episode, sure, it's kind of like knowing is half the battle. Like at the end of the yeah, the, I do yeah, at the end of the cartoon. Here's the message you're supposed to receive. I think Mandalorian. Has like a oh okay mm-hmm. how do I feel about yeah this now yeah even the whole thing of like so what happens if you take the helmet, helmet off yeah what are they gonna come find you no you just can't put it back on so you could <laughs> take it off yeah be with these people and you just I don't I don't here's what I want to know it's basically it's basically. Mando Wick at this point. What's going on with the fob? You tell me that the fob has no discernible uh, interface at all, and it just tracks anyone anywhere. It's got to do with the, you. Don't even got to look at it. It's just happening. I don't know. It's got to do with this DNA or something. I'm just saying that is busted. That is OP. It's it's too good. We got to figure out. I'm assuming they're going to have to explain that. I, I suppose so. I hope so. I'm assuming. I mean, I would hope because mm-hmm. at this point, it's just like, okay, I'm a rock with you until otherwise. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I'm looking for the explanation because it, it is basically John Wick now. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah like yeah. he's going to have to, which I thought was cool. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, he's now on the run across the entire galaxy. Can't he stop. can't chill now. Right. He's going to have to actually like figure out who the client is. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree? Yeah. He's going to have to actually figure out who that guy works for. Yeah. And address that person. It's and I want to know how is young boy Yoda <laughs> going <laughs> going to ultimately connect to episode nine? 
because Young Boy Yoda is currently fifty years old. And That's he right. A he's got to be an infant, like one one and a half years old in human years. Oh, okay. You know, because because he, he's walking. Yeah. And I got to think about a baby that walks. Mm-hmm. One between one one and a half. Yeah, sure. Two somewhere around there. He's kind of waddling slowly. Mm-hmm. So fifty years is one year in human years. Sure. So how is he gonna like? I want to know if he's kill him at the end of this. I I I, I want to know if uh, he's a clone of Yoda. Is he a clone, or is this just a very rare species that happens to channel the force? No, we don't even a name. No name. But maybe they just channel the force in a very special way, which make them potent and powerful, and you would want one Mm -hmm. to to, uh, uh, render for yourself. Or maybe it's a clone of Yoda. I don't know. Who is the client? I don't know. What it's, does he want? I'm enjoying Mandalorian, though. And it is a really good time for uh, uh, geeks because the TV options and serials are so good. Watchmen is so good. And so is Raisin Bran Crunch. And so is Raisin Bran Crunch. Cereals That's not what the serial that I meant. But I don't know. In the you podcast, serial. Wow, mean. love it. I know what you mean. Throwback. Uh, what, what, you're watching Watchmen? You caught yes. up? Yes, yes. Spoilers. Woo. Oh, we should have said spoilers. We already just talked about oh. it. Oh, well. Sorry. <laughs> you put a fob out on us now. You're spoilers on for Watchmen because we about to just go ahead and talk about it. We got to go to Flantoine. Three, two, one. You know what it is. Yeah. Yeah, look, if you're listening to the show, hopefully you're up on it. And by it, I mean geek culture because we're going to talk about a number of things, The Mandalorian included. And Watchmen is the big one because Watchmen, especially Woo! the past two episodes, Woo! reveals, after reveals, these big items, these big, heavy narrative Talk about twists it. Twists and turns. This show is wild. I can't believe how good this show is. I really can't believe. I know you can't because you didn't want this to happen. Well, I mean, DC has shown me that they don't know what they're doing for years and years. Well, since 1986, since the original man, book. But your man, Lindelof. Yeah, Lindelof is doing it right. Should have known. And props to Lindelof. Whenever he get he he receives credit, he just spreads it around. He says his whole creative team, the directors, the writers, everybody. They're all responsible for all the best ideas, right. so he says. And they're doing great work. They're telling an amazing story about race in America and about genetic trauma and identity. And I, I'm just, my, my head is spinning from all this stuff. Of course, you know, there's yeah. the, 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 the surface level stuff. Like, what? Hooded Justice is a black man? Right. Wild. And then there's the lower level than that, which is, wow, the first hero ever was a black man. Who was painting his face white. Yeah. Because he would be safer with a bag on his head as a white man than a black man with a bag on his head. And his granddaughter does the reverse. She puts the mask on, but she paints her eyes black. And it's just this lesson in identity and in family. And I'm just, my mind is blown consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And most recently, you know, it's, it gets really out of hand. Watch many when I'm talking about, uh, uh, Dr. Manhattan. Uh, and I don't know where they're going with that, but with them saying like, Oh yeah, Dr. Manhattan took on the body of a black man. So the Superman is here. And, you know, he's a black man. Clark Kent. He's like, wah, wah. Yeah, his name is Cal. Come on, Cal-El. It's just wild to me. And you saw Cal's from Philadelphia. Is he? Yeah. Cal Abar? Yeah, Cal Abar. He's from Philadelphia. Wow. 
Yeah, there's a police report up on HBO.com slash PDpedia of the moment that he seems to have lost his memory or uh-huh. whatever happened. Yeah, whatever break that, that down for me because I didn't read that yet. This is just a lot of great stuff on Pedipedia. Tell the internet. Uh, and one of them is a, a document. It's like a, a copy of a police report uh-huh. of Angela Abar finding this man who seemed to be disoriented and didn't know his name, didn't know what was going on, and sat down in the police department and took a liking to the police chief's bobblehead of Dr. Manhattan. And so it's these little nuggets of information that just add texture right right and it says that cal's from philly so super the superman exists and he's philadelphian what (laughs) i'm really excited about that all of the pdpedia stuff is cool Uh like did you catch the joint about uh uh excalibur excal abar yeah Yeah. what what is is this in pdpedia yeah what does it say it's a diagram well the first thing is there's a uh an interview between laurie blake and some fbi agents and Mm -hmm. they're asking like what happened with dan dryberg Mm -hmm. the old night owl right and she says their relationship soured and dan assumes that laurie is still not over her ex dr manhattan right and so he had started did dan dryberg started a tech company called merlin core or something like that and he made this vibrator this sex toy in the shape of Dr. Manhattan's member and sent it to Laurie as an FU, like you're not over your man and gave it to her as a gift as, you know, a, a spiteful thing. Right. And he named the thing Excalibur because he, he's got his owl ship Archimedes and he's got Merlin core and he just loves, you know, King Arthur and all this right. stuff. Right. Names it Excalibur. And who is Dr. Manhattan, but Laurie's ex Cal Abar. Oh, man, that's clever. But like that, you know, it doesn't even get in. I'm not even scratching the surface that the ramifications that uh, of this story of about like the way that you pass trauma down mm-hmm. generations mm-hmm. from, you know, slavery to Angela, who has experienced her own traumas and never even understood where it came from or why. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, um, unfamiliar with why this is happening, why it's like a mirror of lives she's connected to. And the idea of nostalgia. Yeah. Like living your grandfather's traumatic situations? Yikes. Yeah. But even though there's an aspect of it to where we do Mm -hmm. live like our ancestors' traumatic situations yeah the whole idea of this generational curse this stuff being passed down yeah like i mean there's something like internet i don't know if i've said this before i never knew my father growing up Mm. never never knew him at all i've had a friend of my mother say i walk like him oh which is like hmm she said i don't know if she said I was walking at some point in a, in a distance and she thought I was him. Hmm. But she's like, no, it's not. You know what I mean? It was kind of like a, you know how like the immediate reaction is like, is that? It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's, there's no, oh, it's Octavius. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure, sure. So stuff like that. Where it's, it's just like, something, even if it's small, it's familiar and it puts you there. Another thing that's really interesting, hmm. when he passed away, mm-hmm. I found out that I have other, he had other kids. So I went to the house he lived in. Yeah. This guy's got loads of magazines, GQ magazines and all these kind of magazines. And it's like, these are the kind of magazines that I read. Never met this guy before. Yeah. What do I, what else I hear about him? 
all his friends used to call him for advice all the time. Oh. Similar to me. He loved going to the movies. He would go to the movies by himself. Yeah. I'm like, I've never met, the, I have never met this guy yeah. a day in my life. But to hear this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Which makes you go, well, who was this? Who was this guy? Yeah. Now imagine, which is terrifying to me, I could just drink some pills and then, you know what I mean? Live just like, life. that is a horrifying, I mean, I, I would not want to do that. Yeah. So now imagine. And in fairness, you know, the show proposes that that is not intended. You know, you, you don't take somebody else's nostalgia. Yeah. Right. That That's not how that works. Yeah. Um, but if you did, that you know, these are the sorts of things that you might experience. No, yeah. the, the the opposite side, right? Like finding ancestors through the uh, family tree, right? Yeah. There's you a part get, of me that I would love to be able to do. Wow. That. Yeah, the, the the show is really something. And then you have these, you know, the Seventh Cavalry, these new KKK members, me, and you've got a politician who is a part of it, but he's presenting himself like, no, 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 no. I, I'm a good racist. Good racist. Racist for I'm the Not right one reasons. of them. Not one of these animals. Not one of these bad racists. I'm yeah. a good racist to keep these bad racists in check. You see? No. And, and you people <laughs> don't understand. And it's just, man, this is what just... Did, what, did, what did the bull say? He's like, I try to help you people. Oh. That, oh. I'm here to help you people. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Watchmen is doing Mesmerism. it. Mesmerism. Watchmen is doing it. The idea that they're using movies and media to influence to influence yeah. black people. Oh yeah. And then how Hooded Justice basically uses mesmerism with the things with his, like flashlight because he took one of the cameras out from the burning building and wow. then developed it into this eventually, I wow. suppose. Yeah, it's it's really incredible. For for a fan of the original series uh, of the comics. I I said it. I I can't. I actually can't believe it's this good. It's because for a long time DC has presented that they don't know what it is that's good about Watchmen, and I would say in some ways they still do that. Doomsday Clock, the comic with uh, like Doctor Manhattan running around with Superman, still running. Is no, this is not how this works. You keep these things separate because the story is meant to be commentary. It's meta. The same thing with a. at the end of every episode of Watchmen on HBO, the DC logo comes down, flips around, right. and on the other side, it's the Watchmen button, the smiley face, flips yeah. around. And every time it flips around, CG blood just splatters all over the place. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's like a reminder that DC doesn't get it. Because that is, it's so... What's the ter- what did you just say? It's a commentary? It's yeah, a, it's commentary. It's commentary. So it's not... So it's not meant to have, oh, man, and Dr. Manhattan is with Superman. It's like, no, 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 no. Dr. Manhattan is basically... An allegory for Superman. Yeah, it's like, what if Superman was? Right. Not this character meets Superman. Right. It's like, no, it's not... It's not it's, this is not, it's not a not who would win in a it's fight a, situation. It's a, it's a far side comic. Right. You know, do you get what I mean when I say yes, that? It's yes, because it's an like, observation of something. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I've always felt about Watchmen. It's an observation of something. And I think that this Watchmen, I, I was nervous about it because um, I get nervous about it with DC's judgment in history. And uh, uh, with this, I think this is an observation. And it's one that I was not even ready for. So I was ex- totally not expecting. So what are your what are your first of all talk about this elephant? 
Yeah, tell me about the elephant. What do you think of the elephant? You walk in there, uh huh. Not her grandfather. Yeah, right. It's an elephant. Yeah. So what's that supposed to be doing? It's supposed to be taking the nostalgia, right, and getting it out of her, right, and putting it back into the grandfather. So I'm seeing it, and I see a giant sleeping elephant, and I go, "What could it? An elephant have? An elephant never forgets." Yeah, well, that's not like um, that's I mean, but I'm thinking about what is it? What would that? Because it's unexplained. Uh-huh, it's just yeah. a big giant elephant sitting it's just an there. An elephant, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is like that's not connected to the comics. That's not connected to anything. So what was the thing with the elephant? The elephant was like just laying there. It was like, but but the connection between the elephant and Angela, it it was like purging all of the grandfather's memories from her. Yeah. Basically, like yeah, uh, uh, dialysis, but for your memories, kind of. Is that what what was going on? Yeah, the whole idea. What she was told was, "This is your treatment. It's you know, you don't, you're not going to know the truth from your memories from their memories, right? So we do have to kind of get the bad memories. The there's these things that are going inside of you, and as they're going in. They're closing up all of these areas and getting rid of this stuff that shouldn't be in you. Sure. And then, you know, it's going back to your grandfather. Sure. But when you find out she's just connected to an elephant, maybe there's an aspect of like dumping off this negativity or dumping off these memories to a certain place. Yeah. But it's putting someone else through the pain of having to deal with this rather than you having to deal with it. Ooh, Peter is upset. Yeah. So you can't be putting that upon an elephant, Lady just True. Nostalgia on an elephant. Yikes. I mean, that's the first, that's that's what I thought about. Like I, and I thought it was clever. If I'm if if I'm correct, I'm like, oh man, that's kind of a clever idea. Well, see, it's funny because at the end of that episode, I, I looked at a uh, uh, Timory. And we watched it, and I said, "Are we going to talk about it?" And she says, "Talk about what?" And I said, "The, the elephant, elephant in the, in the room." room. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Oh. Hey! Thank you, Damon Lindelof. There you go. For the setup. Um, the show is good as hell. Yes. And I'm very excited. There are only two episodes left. It's very good. But that's the thing. It does bother me at the end of every episode because I still I feel as though DC doesn't know what they're doing. And I see that button and the oh, blood's Lindelof like no, Lindelof knows splattering all over the place. It's like, yeah, DC, you don't. Clearly, DC doesn't know. DC doesn't know what they're doing with Superman either. That was reported. Yeah, uh, this week, and this is the kind of thing that I think is not necessarily news at all, but it is something that provoked me to take my own notes because there was a report on, I read it on Forbes and it's like, DC is not making a Superman movie right now. Although there are lots of rumors about Muhammad Ali, (laughs) maybe the the hologram of Muhammad Ali, Martin Scorsese is going to digitally render a young Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Uh, uh, Muhammad Ali played by Joe Pesci, but Joe Pesci is going to be de-aged <laughs> to look like Robert De Niro. That's right. Robert De Niro will be play in blackface playing Muhammad Ali. Oh, God. As oh, Superman. God. I didn't think it'd get worse, but it kept getting worse. Hey, this eventually, who knows? Oh, anyway. The only person who could perform it is Robert De Niro, but Robert De Niro is not black. No, so we need the performance, but we'll just make him look black. He's a dude. Mark my words. Playing a dude. Mark my words. This will happen this, yeah. in our lifetime. Yeah. They will have white people yeah. playing the roles of black people 
but they'll look like a black person because technology will advance that far, yeah. but it'll just be a white guy playing it. A white person does the voiceover for a character in a cartoon, let's say, and the character is black. That's still blackface, as far as I'm concerned. A white person does... Scarlett Johansson is cast as the voice of Misty Knight. That's I have, blackface. I have a problem. That's blackface. I don't... I mean, I'm going to say I have a problem with that mm-hmm. because there are plenty of voice actors out there that can do that job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. Like, blackface is a particular thing, though. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? But Black- isn't it the same? I mean, like, she is rendering her image to be a black person. When I think... The reason why I'm saying I'm saying what I'm saying, I'm not saying other things, is because blackface has a history. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It Certainly. comes from somewhere. Certainly. It is rooted in something. Mm-hmm. So... And it's not rooted in animation. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It, yeah. It's not specifically pointing at animation when you say blackface. Uh-huh. I don't see, even though there are, blackface has has influenced animation. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if you know this slash internet knows this, but Mickey Mouse is directly oh, yeah. a dis, is, is a descendant of blackface. Those white gloves? Blackface. Come on. The black, you know, so a lot of the anim, so... You know what I mean? So there's a connection there, uh-huh. but I'm not sat and going blackface. I'm thinking specifically of uh, listening to Martin Scorsese talk issue, about the, uh, the the Irishman and how he justifies his use of the de-aging technology because he says, if we wanted to make an actor older, we use makeup. So if I need to make this actor younger, I'm thinking about this as though it's makeup. It's just makeup. It's just digitally rendered makeup. And that's the way that he's explaining his process and why he did that for De Niro. My and thing I was is, like, ah. I don't, I don't, my thing about Scorsese is, this isn't a hangup for me. This is a hangup for you. Uh-huh. I don't have a problem with you using technology, bro. Like, the Irishman was good. The Irishman was good in spite of some it of those did. scenes. I thought they looked a little weird. Some of them did, but very quickly I got over it. Yeah. You know, very yeah. quickly I was like, all right, man, but you this just is... just kind of get used to it. I'm go. cool with it. I'm not even... I don't even see it anymore. There's some where they're trying... When they make Robert De Niro, De Niro look significant, he's clearly right. not that young. You got a uh, quote-unquote young Joe Pesci walking up to a quote-unquote young De Niro at a gas station. And their face is like, too smooth. what's going on here, kid? I'm like, who's a kid in this situation? Yeah, you're my kid. You know how strong <laughs> I made you? Nobody can fuck with you. They wouldn't dare. They... they they wouldn't dare. Nobody threatens Hoffa. <laughs> Solidarity. Uh, it was, Irishman was great. I, it was I good. did enjoy it. Three and a half hours. I'm, I, I could rock with it. Yeah. But my thing is this. I don't have an issue with technology, Mr. Scorsese. Mm-hmm. You made a great thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not tripping on it. You're yeah. tripping on it. Yeah. Well, let me explain why I... Uh, bro, I, do your thing, man. Like, yeah. use... Listen... Scorsese, if you're going to make something, I'm going to watch it because I like what you do. Sure. Like, you don't have to convince me that you're using up-to-date technology. Mm-hmm. It's not a not a problem for me. That's not my gripe. My, my only gripe about the movie is that Anna Paquin is in it and she got less than 10 lines. Why is that a gripe? Why? Because Anna Paquin is an incredible actress and she what was she even there for? Y'all didn't even use her ability to act. It was, why, why, why did we even do this? Is the issue that she underutilized talent? So they should have got a lesser, lesser performer. Well, what I'm saying is, if you're going to put Anna Paquin in the movie, then you give her more lines, let her do more, let that character exist. 
as a character instead of just mm. a tool that was being used to show something about Robert De Niro. Ah, I, I wasn't mm. cool with that. And this, I felt the same way about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. What, what are we doing with Margot Robbie's character? It has like nothing to do in the whole movie. I, I, th- these are things that... Except show her feet, <laughs> Quentin. These are, <laughs> these are things that didn't bother me. Uh, and the reason why they didn't bother me is because... Even in listening to the critique, I'm going, oh, I wasn't even thinking like that. Mm -hmm. Because I'm watching a story. I'm not watching Margot Robbie. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm I'm not here to see. It's one thing if I'm coming to starring Sylvester Stallone in Cliffhanger. And it's like. Sylvester Stallone, who is the lead of the movie, uh-huh. has six lines. Uh-huh. Now I'm let down because yeah. I came here to see a Stallone movie. Yeah. You know? Sure. But I came to see a Stallone movie and yada, 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 yada is in the movie. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, I'm not paying attention to yada, 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 yada. I came to see Joe Pesci. Mm-hmm. I came to see Robert De Niro. I came to see Al Pacino. And I came to see a Scorsese movie. And these three dudes are, in... what are we doing? I didn't even. I I know she was famous, but I yeah. wasn't even thinking about her. You didn't see her and say like, "Oh, that's rogue." I saw I saw <laughs> her and I recognized her, mm-hmm. but the movie wasn't about her. No, it's you know not. What I'm saying? But so in she my was mind, a character that ended up being recurring enough to come back many times over the course of the film. It was significant enough, but had literally uh, not speaking was her character. Like, you know, like, I just said that like Yoda. Not speaking was her character. Not speaking was... Mm. But, you know, but I, so, so here's what I'll say. Here's what I'm going to say. It bothered me. I'll tell you that. Fair, but, and and it bothered enough. me because one of the things that I read was, you know, uh, uh, similar to Margot Robbie said said something similar uh, after being asked about, like, well, what about the fact you didn't have a lot to do? You don't have a lot of lines. And uh, uh, Anna Paquin and Margot Robbie shared, shared a similar sentiment. They're like, we're just happy to be in these big movies. I'm like, well, that seems like settling. That seems like I'm glad you're happy and that's dope. But you, you've achieved a lot. You've kicked a lot of ass. You've done well. You deserve to be considered more strongly. And I think it says more about the directors slash writers who I would argue maybe don't know what to do with these women. I, let, me, let me give you my thoughts on, on this mm-hmm. because this is an interesting, interesting perspective. I think about acting. Like, I, internet, you don't know this, but this is my first time writing something and directing something. I just did it. I just wrote and directed something yeah. for a client. And I'm very proud of it. Yeah. But it was silent. It That's was basically right. a silent film that was done in five different scenes. Yeah. So the whole performance was visuals, facial expressions. It was eyes. It was body language. Yeah. It wasn't about lines. Sure. You know? So when I think about that, and I think about Margot Robbie and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, she was a major part of that movie, but it wasn't about what she had to say. Like that part where she, spoilers for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when she's in the movie theater and she's watching herself and her eyes and how excited she is and how she's looking over her shoulders, people are laughing. That's acting. That is a performance. Oh, of course, absolutely. So to me, I'm not sitting here going, when's she going to talk? No. I'm not even, I'm just, I'm talking about me. I'm talking about how yeah. I'm seeing it. I'm not looking at why isn't she talking. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at the movie, the whole movie mm-hmm. and the role that she played in that movie, mm-hmm. I didn't experience, I didn't feel mm-hmm. a problem with it because, okay, yeah. that's, it wasn't, the movie wasn't really about her. Yeah. You know, and similarly, 
the when 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 Robert De Niro's daughter was there, when you think about the movie, again, spoilers for Irishman, the whole point of her character that made that interaction painful mm-hmm. was that she wasn't talking to him. Agreed. It wasn't about how many lines does she have? The point is that she's not talking to him. Uh-huh. That is what makes it like when he comes and she, when, when spoilers for Irishman, when I'm telling you, when, no, well, not even that. When she, when you recognize that she didn't bang with Joe Pesci, she didn't bang, De Niro's daughter didn't really bang with any of the, the mob guys mm-hmm. except Hoffa. Yeah. Ice cream and this and that and smiling and kikiing and all that kind of stuff. Like she really was close to him. Yeah. And she saw how her dad was and she was kind of like, I'm not really comfortable with this. Yeah. But when Hoffa died and she sees the pattern, she saw, because she always knew what her dad did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He would watch the news. And she saw him come in. Yeah. I think the whole point of that performance was to go, this is too much. What? Like with her face, yeah, agreed. To go, agreed. This th- now, I you know what I mean? Because this is the one guy I liked. I think this she, is. I think I think Anna Paquin pulls it off, and, and and it's effective, and it does hurt. And I understand what's happening, and the, then at the, the way end, that that's drawn out throughout the movie. Old, and he's on these things, and the whole yeah. point is that she doesn't talk to him. That's the point of the scene. Agreed. What I'm you saying know? is what what I'm saying, and and, and I enjoyed these movies. Yeah, I, and I think they were effective. I like them a lot. Um, what I'm saying is, I don't believe you would ever see that the other way around. I don't believe you would ever see that situation where Leonardo DiCaprio is in the film, but he says nothing. Is she is Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the best actors we we have right? Same now. with De Niro. I'm yeah. saying like, but do you think that? Margot Robbie? Yeah, man. I think well, she's killing I wasn't, it. I wasn't thinking about Margot Robbie. I was thinking about the actress, the actor that plays Rogue. Anna Paquin. Anna Paquin. Yeah. You know, because she's, I do, she's, I, a, she's I an do Academy get... Award winning actress. Hell yeah. Okay. She's killing it. And so I think she's capable. So I'm not saying like, I'm not, I'm not saying this ruined the movie. I can't like the movie because of that, 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 that. But it's the kind of thing that's just like, but why? Why? And it, I think what she was there to do, she does. Yeah. It just does make, it makes me wonder Old man Scorsese, did you not know what to do with this performer, with this actor, with this talent? Or you just thought, like, you'd be fine, you know, because it's just a privilege to be in your film. What do you is think that the solution is to, to, to put a... So this is... Let me ask this question, and I'd really like to know sure, what you think. Sure, sure. The two solutions I see, mm-hmm. off top, not the only, but just... Like, first thing comes to mind. Yeah. Well, in order to appease what you're saying, uh-huh. then you should cast... A lesser caliber actress. That is option a, one. A possibility. Not all, but right. option two is just conjure up something that's not a part of the story, not what I want to say, not the point. This is not my intent. Yeah. But I'm going to just conjure something up uh-huh. because got a big actor here, got to make him say something, even though I have nothing to say. Sure. You know, not those aren't the only two options, but this is just. What, I say off the top of my head. Option, option C, I hope they made buku bucks. You know, I hope they didn't get paid less money because uh-huh. they're doing as much acting. Uh-huh. They just didn't get the opportunities, right? So I'm just thinking it's like 
And, you know, they do it. They want to do it. Hell yeah. This is entirely your agency. You choose your roles and right. you take it and you do your work to the best of your ability. Yeah. Uh, I hope you got paid real good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope you didn't get the short straw on that just because you didn't have any lines, you yeah. know? Because that would be, that would suck, you know? And it, I just, again, I think maybe this is more theoretical. The thing that bugged me is I don't see that ever happening the other way around. Okay. You know? So it's like, take the role you want to take, do that work, you did great, I just don't think it would ever happen the other way around. That's my sense. And for the for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I, I sense that my gripe would probably be rooted in the fact that I didn't understand that plot to begin with. <laughs> the whole movie was like, what is this? It wasn't even the whole movie, but it was just the, the fact that we spent any time at all with... Uh, with that character, with Margot Robbie's character, uh, what was the name of the the woman, the actor? Uh, uh, I don't. And, and like the fact that like that storyline, it doesn't pay off. It does nothing. It does nothing other than change history, which is Tarantino's big thing. Yeah, but you know, like you said, that's his thing. That's his thing. His whole thing is like, if I was going to do it, alternate history. Know, Brad Pitt comes in and just. Crazy. He's high on some, you know what I'm saying? No, it's stupider than that. Rex. That's it. Rex. Yeah, that movie is zany. It is Tarantino. I watched that movie exactly as Quentin Tarantino hoped I would. Yes. In a movie theater in the sky on an airplane <laughs> on a tiny little screen. Tarantino, I could hear Tarantino I thought you were serious shouting at me. No. I bet he was so pissed. I hey, watched it on an airplane. Uh, th- that's, not, that's not the way I intended you to watch it, okay? <laughs> I, I, I have a specific frame rate that, I, that I'm expecting. You can come see it at my place. Yeah. Okay, this is particular. Excuse me. 35 millimeter. He's pushing things out of the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, let's get to the Superman thing. Yeah, it's yeah. It's way yeah, off yeah. topic here. We are at the Irishman and all the rest of this stuff. Uh-huh. What's the Superman deal? So the Superman thing is uh, DC doesn't know what to do with the Superman movie. So that's they what are, they said. That's what they're saying. Uh, they are shelving this right now. Apparently, Michael B. Jordan came to them with an idea, quote, a fresh take. It's the word on the street. On the Superman story. And DC doesn't know how to make Superman relatable to a modern audience. Uh, I say you, you're not trying hard enough. Because I thought of a hundred ways. Yeah? Yeah. And I wrote them down. And they're ready to go. I wrote them down. Okay. So I'll, I'll give you this. I just thought maybe we could have some fun with this. Let's try to make Superman relevant. Go. To a, a modern audience. Uh, all right. So uh, here's some of the things that I wrote down. I'll just read this, you know, uh, verbatim. I don't really know where my mind was at the time. I'm excited. tell I, me how this I lands. I cannot wait. Superman is a story about hope when hope is hard. Superman himself is suffering an identity crisis. Who is he supposed to be? He has a privilege that blinds him to so much. He doesn't understand pain as so many suffer. He's so strong that he doesn't understand many issues, and he has to spend time listening and learning. So we could see him be a powerful ally in a film. To what? To people who are truly brave, because the stakes are higher, right? Clark versus Superman is an identity crisis. Who is Clark supposed to be? Can Clark be helpful? Or is he supposed to keep his head down? Only Superman can save people. Is Clark strictly a disguise? 
Clark is a human, so Clark would really be an influence to other humans if only Clark would step up. Are these movies that you're trying to make? No, these are just all ideas, right? Ideas. You just factor okay. this in. Got it. What if an accident occurs and Clark keeps his head low to keep attention away from him? And a regular mortal human steps up and puts her life in danger to help. But Clark did nothing. Okay. He didn't have a phone booth to change into. Okay. Clark would be amazed by the strength of mortal people. And I think Lois is brave. And Superman is a story about bravery. And what is bravery when you can't be shot or hurt? What are the stakes? So Lois is a dogged journalist. She's determined to do anything in the pursuit of what's right. And the ethnic angle. We can make a movie in which Clark is looking up to Lois and her bravery. She can get shot down. She can be killed. This is a Superman movie that you want to do? I'm saying the angle that they need to take to make it relevant is they need to take this person who has tremendous privilege and they need to make him look at the people who are really putting their lives on the line. Okay. Because people always complain, he's too strong. He's got no weaknesses. He's invincible. He can do too many things. He's too do you OP. think that this is a Superman movie? That's a movie that yeah. I want to see. I want to see it modeled in the way that they made Spider-Verse, where they're telling an interesting angle on a familiar story. Turn it on its head. Make it more about the people who surround Superman, who Superman is inspired by. Mm -hmm. And the people that he's inspired by are real-ass people, human beings. So let us feel hope. Like, we can do things. We, uh, look, these are dark times. Things are uncertain and difficult and stressful. So I think it's a good time to have a beacon of hope. But maybe, while we all expect to see that Superman is that beacon of hope, this is a movie that shows us, actually, it's us. It's the, the people that surround him that he's inspired by. Here's, here's what That's I, what I want. Ready for my pitch? Yeah. Here's my pitch. For Superman. <clears throat> Kevin Hart. How'd you know? <laughs> and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. <laughs> Supermanji. Took two words right out of my mouth. <laughs> um, here's the thing. There's, I think there's a lot of things that we take for granted with Superman. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that... Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Faster than a locomotive. You know what I mean? Yada, yada, yada. He can do all this stuff. I think... The thing about Superman is that he already comes already together. Uh-huh. You know, batteries not included. No, batteries are included. Like it's it's all done already. Yeah. And since it's all done already, he's already super moral. He's already super powered. Mm -hmm. He's already basically an expert with his powers, or if not, he's an expert in his powers within within moments. Yeah. So the thing that I've always said about Superman is he doesn't struggle with anything. Mm -hmm. And if you look at his obstacles, if you lean on him, all he has to do is just punch the problem. Uh -huh. Because all the problems and the obstacles you put in front of him are punchable problems. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't ever put problems in front of him that are actually dealing with his weaknesses. Uh -huh. And what's his weakness? You are a god from outer space. Mm. Your weakness is you're not human. You're, you you are not one of us. Relate. Yeah. Yeah. I, That's I'm, a shortcoming. I'm with you. He can't relate. Yeah. But we always make him so he can relate. Right. He's the smartest, most moral, most pro always. Yeah. From where? Where did he learn that? Right. Where did that come from? Mon Pa Kent? Mm, who you know like that? Mm -hmm. Where? Jorel. 
<laughs> nah, but that's what I'm saying. So this is this is what I'm saying. I think we need to actually deal with the fact that he's already super powered. Yeah. He's already almighty and all powerful. But what he's not is we're, we need to deal with the social aspect of it. I agree. We need to deal with how do you engage with the world. He needs to learn that morality. Mm -hmm. That's the arc. Uh -huh. The arc is learning right from wrong. The arc is learning how to be, how to do this. Uh -huh. You've been tasked with it. You've been given it. But if you look at people who have been given those things and stories, we understand the story is in the, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. I don't know what the right thing is to do. I'm strong, but I've used it too much or I didn't activate when I should have, but then mm -hmm. I overdid because that's human. I can relate to that. Uh -huh. I can relate to the fact where, you know, you see someone getting in a fight and you go to stop the fight, but then you break their arm in the process. Sure. Yeah. You never see Superman does it because he's always uses just the perfect amount of pressure. Right. Because he's perfect. Yeah. So my thing is, I want him to engage with some stuff that he can't just punch. Yeah. And here's the area where I want you to depower him. I want you to depower him morally. Yeah. I want you to depower him intellectually. He can't know everything. He can't always know what the right thing is. That's the struggle. That's the difficulty. That's the area where Lex Luthor actually becomes someone who becomes, because he's smarter than him. Yeah. He and Lex Luthor is also willing to do a lot more. Yeah. And this is the whole area of Batman. You know what I mean? The whole thing about Batman, why Batman always beats Superman, is because Superman's stupid. You know what I mean? He's a hmm. dummy. And Batman always... in always takes advantage of the fact that I'm smarter than you, or shall I say, wiser than you. Like, I don't think Superman is stupid, but I think he's an optimist, which makes him naive. That's the and word Batman is definitely not that. That's the word I meant to use. Sure. He's naive. Mm -hmm. He deals with naivete. Mm -hmm. And what we need to do is, we, that's the arc. Like, he has to learn to be wise. Mm -hmm. Not just powerful. Yeah. So what? You're powerful. You know who else is powerful? Bizarro. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. difference between you and Bizarro is your morality. So I want to see him learn that, and that's what I want the story to be. And I want you to engage with stuff like, I forget, who, what was the, the comic that Dan told us about where, you know, he goes and deals with a situation where he's like, I'm going to solve world hunger. Oh, yeah, and then it creates you know? new issues. Like, All right, if you're yeah. going to solve world hunger, then you're messing with my money. Right. You right. know, so that's the thing is, I think I think one of the ways to quote depower his morality to quote you is to reveal to him that his morality and sense of right and wrong was given to him by someone. Yes, and not all morality is objective. And now we got to challenge that. Yeah, we have to challenge it because I think I think that's the biggest issue. Is step one, Superman is right. Yeah, you're wrong. I'm right. Even if you look at the way Superman approaches things, he approaches it with a level of arrogance mm -hmm. and self-righteousness. He knows hey, exactly what to do. Batman, that's the wrong way to go about it. And the reason why I love Batman is like, what do you know, fly, freaking alien? Mm -hmm. You're not even from here. Oh, Let so Superman Batman his, is a xenophobe now? He's anti-immigrant now? He's, he's anti-gigantic alien with superpowers that I don't trust that can destroy the world with a snap of the fingers. Uh, uh -huh. Yeah, I'm uh -huh. anti that. You know what I mean? Because there's a reality to dealing with the fact that everybody's not going to just accept him with open arms. Yeah. Yeah. Like Superman, can you imagine Superman dropping down in the black community? First of all, boom. Yo, you just broke the sidewalk, playboy. What's up? Yeah. I'm here to save you. Why don't y'all get out of here, man? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? 
Well, he can't punch that. How's he going to connect with any of these individuals? You never see him do that because everybody loves him. Yeah. But what's real is like, you are an alien. Yeah. You are an immigrant. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. you're ruining my country. I don't want you here. I didn't ask you for your help. I know what... He never deals with that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, what does it look like to overcome that? Yeah. When you mean well, but people... Like, there are some... Because commu- if you look at Superman White, like the police, right? Some people want to come and police the neighborhood, but the neighborhood don't want to be policed. Right. And they don't want to be po- be policed by you. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Like... You can't just walk up on someone and force your culture and morality on them. You ever hear, like, we talked about this in the Superman podcast where it's like, that food smells disgusting. It's like, this is my cultural spices. Right. It's not disgusting. It's just different. And we never see Superman deal with the fact that, oh my gosh, I'm all powerful, but I'm not all knowing. I'm not, I'm not. The wisest person around. This That's is why. This is why I, I I love that take, and this is why I think the people to make a Superman movie right are now are you and I are us are uh, the people that make are the people who make the show the good place. I I wholeheartedly believe that Michael Schur and the writers who make the show the good place can take this story on because what the good place is examining is Morality. how hard it is to be good. Especially right now, yeah. in our circumstances, yeah. it's so hard. And in, in in that premise, it's so hard to be good that it's it's literally impossible. There are too many people going to the bad place because it's impossible. Because our scoring system is busted. Because we don't know how to deal. And I, I think it would be such a great story about learning how to be powerful by listening by learning by looking at the people around you by by this is what i mean when i say by being an ally by like paying attention to the power of people who really have real stakes yeah like superman would have to learn so much and he would have to be a continuous learner yeah he would not that's so you're you're putting you're putting a finger on it that's what hope is now as far as i'm concerned in 2019 hope is being willing to learn is being willing to be wrong is being willing to listen to other people to put yourself aside your ego aside your assumptions aside and to pay attention to the people around you to things you've never heard of that are foreign mm-hmm. that are scary mm-hmm. that are different that's that's what i believe hope is superman anyone oh. assuming they understand is already at a disadvantage you don't so all powerful superman the challenge is became, becoming the ultimate ally for all people. Yes. And that's, that, that is something that seems impossible. And you can't punch that. Yeah. It's you, the expectations of the entire world. Which means that the, the kind of movie that we need from this character, the kind of story that we need, is not made by Zack Snyder. It's not that vibe, you know? It's, yeah. not, it's not Iron Man, even. It's not that vibe. It needs to be a little more cerebral. I want to see him do heroic stuff. I want to see bright colors. I want to see the suit. I want to feel good, but I want to see the best version of all of us. If it's Superman, is somebody who is doing these things. It's the person who has... So Superman represents ultimate privilege used for good intent. Yeah. Like, I am literally the most powerful being that has ever been on earth. Yeah. It's literally the, it's like, so take, take, what would it look like if the richest man and most powerful man on earth was a good guy? Yeah. 
And imagine how hard that's a it would be. That's a how hard. Like the the Bible says, that it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the the kingdom of heaven. I don't know if that's the exact quote, but it's, the basic idea is like because you love your riches yeah. more than you love me and you love other people. Right. So it's easier for a camel to go through the like a literal full size camel to go through a literal. I have a needle, which is kind of like, you know, if you love your money and your power and your riches and your privileges more than these things, it's not going to work out for you, player. Mm -hmm. And that shouldn't be something like, I know what to do. It should be like, oh, my God, what do I do? Mm -hmm. That's and he has to, like, grow and grow and grow to the point where he is the beacon for going I'm going to get it wrong the right way, but I'm, my, the hope is I will never stop trying. Right. I will never stop learning. I will never stop working. I'll never stop, you know. This is the reason why I think Lois, in this is story, Lois is really important because Lois's character is a woman who is bent on finding truth. She is a listener. She is learning. She pursues truth like Octavius A. Newman pursues truth to the ends of the earth. And I think that's something that would be really powerful as an influence on Superman. I think that would be a really big deal, you hmm. know? She is a woman who inspires and he, uh, him. And he, and, he, and he cares what she thinks. Yes. It's not just, save me, Superman. It's like, she's almost like, I'm, I'm ready to die out here for this. Yeah. You know what I mean? She's right. like, I'm ready. decision. I'm ready to die for this. I can't get shot and the bullets bounce off of me. Mm -hmm. And Superman's like, well, Dag, I actually care what she thinks of me right you know she's smarter than me she's wiser than me you know she has a she has a street smart she has a cultural awareness like she there's a cultural relevance that she has that i don't have that's right you know what i mean like that's right and she becomes this person that he's got to like almost like I can imagine a scene where he's like, Lois, I just feel like no matter what I do, I do the wrong thing. And he's looking for her to tell her it's okay. And she and she goes, Clark, no matter what you do, you are going to do the wrong thing in yeah. some sort of way. Yeah. You can't save everybody. And his whole thing is, but there's got to be a way. And she's like, but you can't. Yeah. And you've got to learn to live with that and do the best thing you can anyway. And understand that in your best you still will fall short because you're all powerful, but you're not almighty. Like you're not God. You mm -hmm. can't fix this thing. But what you can do is do the best that you can. And that is what you are. You can be the beacon of hope for doing the best that you can, even though you can't do it all. Mm -hmm. We just made the best Superman movie. That is the Superman movie that I want. And that is why I'm saying when I read the line, DC doesn't know what to do with Superman. They don't know how to make Superman relevant to modern audiences. I say bullshit. You you're you're not in the you're, you're not in the right frequency. I think morality is a tough thing to go into. Also, of also morality be, being being good and moral in about get, we getting ready to go into the twenty twin twin. Yeah, it's tough. Uh huh. Because everybody got something to say about the guy who thinks they know everything. But I think that's the whole point of what we got to address with Superman because that's the nature of his character. Uh-huh. The nature of his character is he is a know-it-all. And we we need I I believe He's a boy scout. I he believe knows what it is. Knows everything. Superman's purpose is that he is supposed to be a symbol of hope, right? He's supposed to be the the thing that we all strive to be. We can never actually be the strongest, the fastest, the best, the goodest. But like that's just not how that works now. And we need a symbol for hope more than ever. We need a symbol. And can you imagine what kind of burden that must be to not be perfect? Ooh, yeah. 
to actually not be perfect, but be the but be the symbol of perfection, to be the symbol of hope, but then struggle with being a lack of hopefulness because you constantly see your shortcomings yeah. every day and feeling like, and also the struggle and challenge of wanting to just like blast it with ice cold breath and then punch it. Yeah. But understanding like that's not going to fix it, which is, which is an, which is an analogy for, well, just throw money at it. Well, you can't throw money at everything. Right. That you have to get in the, the mire of this thing and deal with it. It's not that easy. That's this is the movie that I want, you know. That's that's the movie that I want. I don't think we're ever going to get it because I don't know if DC's ready. You want your you, here you go. Uh, who plays Lois? Tessa Thompson. All right, now we got a money maker. Now we got Tessa a money maker. Tessa Thompson plays Lois. You know she's kind of whip smart. She's got an attitude. She's not afraid of walking into a situation. And 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 uh, call out, calling out people's bullshit. Okay, she's got a, a nasty mouth. She can't spell, and she loves Superman. She, you know, she can't help it. She loves who she loves, and she tells him when he messes up. Okay, T- that Tessa Thompson's my lowest right now. Okay, I can see that. And uh, I I don't know who plays Clark, but that's where I'm at. Huh? Yeah, I can see that. Kevin Hart is my cl- Clark. And then when he goes into the phone booth, he turns into the rock. Huh? I can't, we can't do that because he's already black out. Yeah, I don't. He's already booked up. I don't think that's going to work out, but it's something to put down in your notes. Jeff Johns, if you're listening, and we know you are. Thank you for the five stars and the positive comment. Uh, that's the idea. We know that And it's not free, my friend. This podcast might be free, <laughs> but it is not free. We should write these things down at some point and actually put them together. Mm-hmm. This is like the third movie that we've came in here uh. and given the couple <laughs> Junto treatment to. It's like, it chapter two. Number one, this movie is foolish. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah. hey, clown. You're a clown. <laughs> You got clown makeup on? Oh, come you, on. You clown. Oh, hey, man. guess what? Your forehead's huge. Hey, man. You can't, yeah, sorry, you can't say that. That's right. Don't say and that. You, and you know what else? You got cavities. You know what? I, I know I've been out here eating kids, but that's mean. Got cavities on you. And you know what? You got a lazy eye. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he yeah, talked but, about no, his no. eye. No, see, no, I do that look, on he purpose. You're look, looking at two different ways at the same time. No, I did. No, I do that on Shots purpose. Shots fire. Uh, Shots fire. You just don't understand what I was doing with the I lazy. Was, eyes. I was. Come on, y'all. I was. I can't get my. It just drifts. I waited 27 years to hang out with you, and you guys are assholes. You guys, this guys, it's like we all, and you're not funny. <laughs> no, not come on. You don't mean that. <laughs> You all think that? You don't mean that. You all think I'm not funny? They would have dared. They, they, nobody threatens Pennywise. <laughs> they would have dared. He says it is what it is. They would have dared. No, I'm trying to help you. I know you're trying to help me. Mm-hmm. Oh, we just mixed uh, seven. He came in here wearing shorts. <laughs> Who wears shorts to a meeting? Who wears shorts to a meeting? You wear a suit to a meeting every meeting? If I'm at a meeting, I wear a suit. I wear a suit. Oh, 90 boy. degrees outside. Oh boy. You wear this? 
you wear this to me? Who is this guy? Where's this to me? Uh, so there we go. That's super <laughs> Superman. Superman. Mashed up with the Irishman. Mashed and up with little baby it. Yoda comes in, sipping bone broth. Just like force <laughs> pushes them all out. Y'all want some soup? <laughs> oh, man. Woo. Episode 120. CBJ strikes again. <laughs> we are back. We thank you guys for listening. Hit us up on the interwebs at Octavius A. Newman, at Adam Tedderus, at Comic Book Junto. Yeah. Let us know what you guys thought of The Irishman. Let us know what you thought of Mandem, Watchmen. Mm-hmm. What you think of our ideas for this Superman idea, movie, TV right. show. Right. Why can they do Superman cartoons, but they can't do Superman movies? Uh, I don't know. I, even their cartoons, I, I think, are a little weird. The animation, I think, has been a little weird for a while. Yeah. But I'm, I miss Superman. I miss Superman being around doing stuff. Call up Henry. <laughs> get him on the phone. Get him hey, on hey. the horns. I miss Superman. The, get him on the horn. I had no idea beyond that. I just wanted to register that I miss Superman. That's yeah. That's right. We'll figure it out. Yep. Internet. Let us know what your thoughts are on all the things we spoke about today. Feel free to request to join our Facebook group on, it's called Comic Book Junto. Yep. Check us out there. And that's it. Episode 120. We love y'all. Until next time. Peace. <laughs>